Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup to nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Listeners, welcome back to On the Side with Jackie London. Today's guest is a friend, a mentor, an incredible powerhouse of a human being. She is a media superstar. She's the editor-in-chief of Women's Day magazine. She's the author of Your Fully Charged Life, a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. And honestly, I can't even tell you, I love this book so much. And I love that that Megan wrote this book. I mean, everything about it is fantastic. And it's linked here. The Amazon is linked in the show notes. So you can pick up your copy. And I think you're going to find so much just great tactical, practical action items that you can actually do that don't feel like they're so overwhelming. You know how self-help books can sometimes feel like that, like a total overwhelm? I, I just, I can't say enough great things about the book. She is also a national TV contributor, the co-host of the Off the Gram podcast, and a absolute badass. You can find more about Megan on her Instagram feed, which is probably the best place to go. She She's just honest and just keeps it real and as transparent as possible while also doing just fun and creative things that that just make every day a little bit better. And I feel like that kind of incrementality, that mindset is is just so helpful for so many of us and certainly the people who follow her. So we get into a whole bunch of different topics. We talk about life lessons she's learned on the job. We talk about what it means to actually build better boundaries and how she's built a gratitude practice as someone who would have rolled her eyes at the idea of a gratitude practice and also what she does instead of meditating, which is definitely something if you're anything like me, who is absolutely like, no, that's just, I can't do it. That's not for me. Then you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode. I would say that there is nothing left for me to say, because I think (laughs) you are going to love hearing from Megan. And we really cover what, you know, her main objective with this book, which is to sort of recharge and like understand what it really means in your own life to live fully and to to live the fully charged life, if you will. Um, All right, so I'm going to shut up and let's get to Megan. I cannot wait to hear what you think. If you like this episode, if you get something out of it, if you want to just share something that moved you from today's episode, leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. And I can't wait to hear from you. All right, let's go. Here's Megan Murphy. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. All right, so today's question is a short and sweet and simple one, and it is our fruit snacks healthy. All right, so here's the deal. If you guys are listeners, regular listeners of this podcast, you know where I stand on the term healthy as it relates to food. Honestly, no single food in isolation is going to make or break your health. However, I think, and I'm guessing on this, that 
usually I'm being asked the question, are fruit snacks healthy from a parent? So here's what I would say from the standpoint of a dietitian and also with the understanding of where and when you might be using fruit snacks or relying on fruit snacks, right? They're sort of like a lunchbox staple. I would say that if you like the taste of fruit snacks, the thing that I don't love about them is the lack of transparency around what they are, which is just another way of branding candy. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm here for candy being a part of your diet too and your kid's diet, right? Like I'm just, I just want you to be clear and to come in with your your eyes open that this is not necessarily real fruit. This is like just straight up sugar. So here's the thing. When a lot of the products that are on the market today in the category will say things like um, made with real fruit or uh, 100% of your daily value for vitamin C. These are marketing claims mostly because the first ingredient in the predominant amount of products that are currently out there is either fruit juice puree, fruit juice concentrate, or some kind of combination of both, right? What we would be looking for to make something really more nutritious and more wholesome is for a real fruit to be the first ingredient. So where can you actually find something more like that? I love products made by Solely. They are a fruit snack company that makes fruit, that is fruit snacks that are really fruit snacks. (laughs) snacks. <laughs> they they use fruit. They use real fruit as the first ingredient. They sometimes use other spices and other ingredients to enhance the flavor, like sea salt and chili to make it a little bit more like a fruit jerky. That's the mango product that I really like. Um, another example of this is rind. Rind snacks actually uses the whole fruit. So they've got the peel on. They're drying fruit with the peel on, which is honestly genius and so silly that it hasn't really existed until right now. I love the kiwi version of, of their products because you're eating the whole fruit, right? So that's where all of the nutrients are. That's where the antioxidants, the phytonutrients, the fiber is going to be found. So all of their products are going to be at least four grams, I believe, of of fiber per serving, which is great because that's how you know that you're really getting the most nutritious version of a fruit snack. The other one that I would mention, there's also lots of different types of things happening in the frozen section of the supermarket. Like Wyman's just came out with this Just Fruit Bites, which I think is genius. It's kind of like a dip in dots, but not like it's not really Dippin' Dots. It's it's literally wild Maine blueberries that are flash frozen and put into these individual solo cups. So they're made with fresh or frozen rather blueberries and some Greek yogurt, and they're delicious. I think that's a genius product also. I also just love, in general, any type of dried fruit is always going to be a more wholesome, more nutritious choice, as long as it's an unsweetened dried fruit, right? So if you're, if you're curious, all you have to do, turn around that packaging and look for something that has just the actual fruit and maybe um, a preservative or two or a flavor enhancer or two like salt, like chili flakes, like um, some type of like citric acid would be totally fine. That's just a a preservative form of vitamin C that's used sometimes to to keep the freshness in unsweetened fruit products. But otherwise, Trader Joe's also has a number of great products that, that align with that kind of criteria. I hope that helps. Otherwise, I can say that fruit snacks are not good because there's no such thing as that really. I mean, it all, all depends on the context of your day. If you're replacing fruit snacks for Skittles, great. Um, Both of those would be great choices. If you are eating the fruit snacks and thinking of them like they're real fruit, you know, that's where, that's where I'm coming from in terms of wanting to clarify that and make sure that we're just as transparent as possible as, as we try to do on the, on the side podcast. All right. I hope that helps as always DM me your nutrition questions at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram. And I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get to the episode.
Megan Murphy. I mean, She's here. Look how nice your bookshelf is. I mean, thank you. Let me tell you, this has taken a lot of condoing. I got greens over here. We got whites over there. We got red, blue. You know what I mean? It took a it yeah. took a lot out of me. What color are <laughs> the know. handles? Are they like a brat like a Yeah. They're brassy. They're pretty. I think they came from IKEA. I'm not kidding. And they were my they like they were the best ones that I could find. And I was like, wait, but the best things are secretly still at Ikea. Why? I know. <laughs> I'm not looks, in college. <laughs> it looks good. It really looks good. Can we talk, can we talk about this little gift to the world? Can yeah. we just talk about it? I'm holding up Megan's book, Your Fully Charged Life, which is just so freaking good. And look at all of your lightning bolts all around you. Oh, can I got you, that. I, mean, I got that bolts tattooed on my wrist. You did not. When did yeah. you do that? So Charlie told me not to. Charlie, my 12-year-old daughter, was like, Mom, are you sure about that? Like, I did it right before the book came out. And she's like, one of the book is a is a total failure and it bombs. And then you have this on your wrist. I was like, oh my goodness, Charlie, I'm definitely getting it. (laughs) You gotta leave it to wait, was she she would have been eleven then? She's so she's about to be twelve, but she was eleven. Um, and my sister, like, she was like, screw that. I'm coming over. You're doing it. And my sister came and drove and like, we walked to the tattoo place and she was like, do it. Oh my God. I love that so much. I love that your sister was like, you're doing it. You got it. It's time. We're going. You don't, don't let an 11 year old talk you out of this. The fact that Charlie's going to be 12 is, um, I wasn't feeling old this morning. Yeah. And now you're like, wow. (laughs) And now I feel upset. 12 year old. I like that is, so Charlie's going to show up. Charlie will be 12. James is 10 and Brooks is about to be nine. So I'm about to have 12, 10, nine. Wow. Does that feel fully, does that feel fully charged or does that feel running on empty? I don't, it could be, it could go either way. There's, there's, you know what? I like, I, one of my girlfriends, when I, my dog patrol workout buddies has like baby twins uh-huh. And she doesn't oh my God. sleep all night. And so right. I was like, oh, wow, that I remember how hard that was. So this is a lot better. Like I can actually totally. like leave them home alone for 20 minutes and go right. get milk, you know? Right. Like, so- and it's still possible they might throw a party, but it, but it's not <laughs> as likely as like maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. I know. That's like as we put in this stinking pool, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wonder what kind of major ragers that will be had here. 2027 is going to be things are getting wild. Okay. We got to talk before we get into, before we get into the book, can we just talk about your other, your newer, newest family member, your puppy, who I guess, and now his name, I've lost it. Why can't I remember? Dempsey. Thank you. What's he doing? What's he doing today? What, what's his Um, schedule like? So he does a lot of lounging. It's pretty wild. <laughs> I feel like the pandemic has been very confusing to him because he's like, these people never leave. Why don't they leave? And P.S. They don't walk me, right. and they don't leave. Because like I'm of the mindset, like I grew up with a yard, and we have a right. yard here. So I'm like, you just open the door, and the dog runs around the yard, and you've been walked. Right. Yeah, so, and he can do a lot of running. It's almost like you'd think it was a level up to walking. You this know? is what we think, but I think the dog probably could use a walking here and there. Like I see other dog owners walking their dogs, and I realize that he's a big labradoodle and he has a lot of energy, and maybe we should be walking <laughs> him. But how did he do with the Fourth of July fireworks? 
He's unfazed. We were in Vermont yeah. and like he's, I don't know, for some reason he's unfazed, but I know dogs get scared of it. He's not that dog. I know. I don't, listen, The no one is at the door right now. These dogs have gone ape shit about 75 times already today, but the 4th of July puts them to sleep. I don't really, yeah. I don't and get it's funny because it. like, I've had friends with cats be like, oh, yeah. the 4th of July. And I'm like, right. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, Dem Dem Dempsey Never going to be a cat other. person. You know how I feel about, I'm with you. I got the cat once and just because I wanted to name a cat Xerox so I could call him a copycat. You <laughs> should not get a cat just because you want to call him Xerox. Um, because, like, he would poop on my pillow and, like, claw my curtains. And I was like, oh, I think you need to go back. You and need a new home. You need a new home. Eventually he needed a new home. <laughs> Because I'm not a cat person. Very clearly not a cat person. That's the moral of the story, though. You don't get a pet because you have a name. Right. I mean, it is. You could do that with a stuffed animal cat. I mean, that is (laughs) that is an option. It feels like like an alternate on that, because it's a nice segue for where I'm going with this one. (laughs) From cat turd to what? Do it. Do it. From cat turd. From cat turd. Wait for it. To what really matters to me. So this is in Meg's first chapter of your fully charged life is what really matters to me. This is my favorite thing because I find it to be the most simple thing like in your mind is being like, what really matters to me? I got to figure that out. Or like, these these are the things I know really matter to me. These are the things I know matter to me a little bit less, but they still matter. You have this section in the, in the beginning in chapter one of your fully charged life that's like, like asking yourself what really matters to me and then trying to stick with that. This is something, by the way, I've got to go on a little tangent here for a sec, which is that I have always admired this, this quality in you the most, literally since I met you is that you are always, you always seem to know exactly what the priorities are for like your day or the people who are close to you around you. Like you, you're like, stop doing that or like cut that shit because that doesn't matter to you. (laughs) Tell us, where does this come from? How do we do this? How do we be more like you in that way? And in many ways, but I mean, especially in that way. (laughs) I I mean, I feel like I wasn't always that way. And I feel like it's sort of like hard earned, right? Like, I feel like I understood that I'm a person who's driven by purpose and passion. And that when I focus on what I care about, and what excites me and and charges me up, there's a lot that I can let go and a lot that was wasting my energy and wasting my time. And and I was giving too much time to things that just didn't count. And I think as you get older and you have these life experiences, like, you know, you lose a friend, you lose a parent, you move through illness, you're kind of like, oh, none of that shit mattered. And it was, it was draining my battery. When really, like, if my priorities are family is like a core, core priority, like my kids are number one. And so anything that interferes with that, can I say no to it? Can I cut it loose? I mean, that's what I'm always sort of moving through. There are so many subtleties that trick you into thinking that there are that something is important that actually isn't. So like Meg had this sort of like personal, like I would call it like a personal policy. Like this is my frame. And you would be like, I don't do after work events because you have three fucking kids and you got to get back to New Jersey. I mean, so you got like, you got to commute. So like there, there's just not that many hours in the day. 
But here, but like sometimes these things come up and they can be subtle and they can be like, this is a big advertiser or like, this is a big, like, this is a, a potential story that we want to follow or whatever else it is. How, like, what's the internal monologue of like, a, I got it. I'm, I'm doing the boundaries. Yeah. This is about, this is my priority. So no to this. Here's the thing is I learned that when I say, when I would, when I would say the hard no. Yeah. The repercussions weren't as dire as I thought. Thank you. That's beautiful. So yes. you say no and you think the world's going to end, but really you say no and the world adjusts because you've yeah. established yourself as a priority and you've created that boundary. My friend Taylor, Terry Cole wrote Boundary Boss and, yeah. you know, and she really kind of guided me in that process too, where it, it's like, we just think the consequence of the no is so dire and it's really not. Right. It's really not. I say no to the after work drinks. Nothing yeah. actually happens. I don't lose my job. I don't lose the client. Right. Then right. they get a breakfast. And then right. they so how do you do like it's I mean true. that's the thing is sort of like it's we so project the right. consequences instead of understanding that the most important thing to do is to protect our priorities and totally. to protect our energy. Because if you're giving too much of yourself and saying all the yeses, well, then you're not going to be able to say yes to what actually matters to you, what actually recharges you, what actually lights you up and keeps you on course. It's such a good point. It's really such a good point. I also, I also feel like the, the beauty of the, the frame of like a, this is what I say no to, or like, this is the sort of like time of day that I'm saying no to. It's not that you're saying no to the person, to the, bre- yeah. you're just, as yeah. you said, it's, it's a breakfast instead. But the beauty of it is that sometimes it's really hard to say no. And, and it's okay for it to be hard, even though you're saying no. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm heart. learning that all the time. Like I yeah. literally learn that once a day. <laughs> Well, I don't a lot. I think I talk about it in the book. Sometimes I forget what I wrote and what I lived. Yeah, uh, I, but I do with thing. my mom a lot, right? Because my, yes. my I love my mom. My relationship with my mom can be very challenging, right? Um, Same. And yes. I really mastered the art of the no but with her. So it's yeah. like, no, I do not want to go see a community theater production of Greece in Long Ranch, New Jersey. But <laughs> big picture, you matter to me. You like are to. a priority. Yes. I want to spend time with you. So it's no yes. to that, but yes to lunch or yes, yes to a shopping trip or yes to something yeah. else. So like, yes. what's the no, but right. So maybe it is a hard no to a specific thing, but yeah. is there a, but because big picture, right. That aligns with my priorities, spending time with my mother. I love right. my mother. Right. But I you don't, don't want to go see, see Greece that. I'm not going to see the community, community yes. production of Greece in Long Branch, New Jersey. I'm not going to do it. But. <laughs> Which, by the way, shout out to those hardworking individuals. I, I mean, I yes, hope they, it's right. a great right. production. I hope that Sandy is killing it. I hope. I always <laughs> liked Rizzo the most. <laughs> Right, right. It's not about the great. It's just that you know you got priorities, and this and this production say, like, is it, not it. I mean, it, it it happens in my mom life all the time, and it was yeah. it was really freeing when I really mastered the no because it's like you don't have to go to every birthday party, and you don't have to go to every camp, and you don't ha- like no, no, I'm not going to no. go to that. But we could do a play date three weeks from now, or I'm not totally. going to do this, but. I'm not going to go to that camp, but you know what? Come, you can come over for lunch or a swim, right? Like protect your energy. A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. Another great example of this, if I may just call this one out, is that you have also mastered something else very beautiful that I feel like everyone really needs to hear more about because not it, not everyone will email you, Meg, but I have, and you have a beautiful way of having an out of office, which is like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> this is my time. If you need something that is a real actual emergency. And then I believe you have in the past listed actual emergencies before, like examples for people to understand, like this is what an emergency is, is qualified as here in the world of magazine journalism. This is an emergency. So like this, these are the people that you should contact and they will know how to get in touch with me. It's literally the most brilliant thing. Like my, I'm like kind of known for my out of office messages now, and it's really <laughs> Do look more. I really miss those. I need to, I get a I need to start out of emailing it. you more. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I will. I I've said everything from like I'm not a doctor, so so there's no there's no possible way this is an emergency. Like I'll talk to you in three weeks. Um, I have been like, hey, listen, um, I'm taking off to trick or treat with my kids today. Right. Tell me your favorite Halloween candy. And if it aligns with mine, you might get first response when I'm back in the office on Tuesday. Like I'm prioritizing <laughs> candy preferences. Like, w- because here's the thing is like, work is, it's, it's a job, right? And you need right. to make work work for you and you have to have, be fulfilled and you need a damn paycheck. Yeah. But there's also got to be boundaries. And right. I, I, I realized a long time ago that the company, you know, yeah, you, you're an employee. Right. 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 Family and it's a job and you have to protect yourself because they're not going to say, Hey, take more time off. Don't check email. Like, you know, take those vacation days. No, they're not worried about that. Have a bonus. (laughs) Have a large bonus. Here you go. Take some more money. We just like to give it away here. Do you need more money? Log off at 5 PM. Yeah. You have to protect yourself. You have to be your own advocate. Yeah. In that, in the same way, you have to be your own health advocate. You need to be your own employment advocate. Like you 100%. have to create those boundaries because no one is going to create them for you. And frankly, like I get to work in magazines, I get to work in media. I don't save lives. Maybe I get to enhance them in some fun ways, and maybe I'm going to give you something delicious to eat for dinner or a fun wreath to make. But I'm not saving lives. So like, it's not that important. I would maybe argue against this. I think it's a subtler way of saving lives. Okay. I would say sometimes you never know what's going to, what's going to reach somebody and make them feel like, okay, I have, I, oh, I didn't know that that was my purpose. And now I found it. So, okay. Maybe not as, well, maybe not an emergency doctor. So okay. I have to say Woman's Day did save a life last month. We did a tiny little piece on organ donation for veterans and the 20 something woman donated a kidney and saved a veteran's life. So we do save lives. But if I miss a deadline, nobody's, no, nobody's going co-bred, right? Like it's (laughs) not dire. (laughs) Wait, I got to go back to the organs. What? That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Isn't it? So, so I just got the chills. I just got total full body chills. Okay. So like those moments when I feel like a little burnt out or like it doesn't matter, that's when I get like the wake up call of like, this is, this absolutely matters that we can say, we can change lives. So it was a tiny little piece on Dove, like this organization called Dove, which donates organs to veterans. Somebody saw the item in the magazine It's a small little article, um, and reached out and, and in June gave her kidneys to save a veteran's life, gave one kidney to save a veteran's life. Oh my God. First of all, you only need one. Yeah. You only need one. one. So she gave one of her kidneys up. 
Number two, you know what's an interesting thing about a kidney? This is really taking this to a different direction, but you know what's interesting about a kidney transplant is that usually you don't, unless you have like a renal cell carcinoma, like unless it's, it's kidney cancer, you don't remove the old kidney. You keep, so you have, so like that guy might have three kidneys. Isn't that cool and random? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They just reroute. They just reroute the blood flow. That's so fascinating. My father-in-law passed away of kidney cancer, sadly. Yeah. Oh, God. Damn cancer. Cancer just fucking sucks. It you really know? does. It, it really, really does. does. So when you were writing the book, which by the way, I mean, now I'm going to start to, we'll just cry for a little while, but we won't, we don't have to, we don't have to cry for that long. But I just want to say that obviously I cried so, when I first got your book in the mail, can I say that I cried the hardest, just read, it's one sentence. It's not even a sentence. In fact, you didn't even punctuate it. it just says for pop, my cardinal. Aww. And I cried so. Like, like, first of all, it was, we were still in the pandemic, right? Wasn't it? Was February, 2020? Yeah. Or was it 2020? Did it come out? Well, I turned it in. No, I turned it in April, 2020. It came out February 23rd, 2021. Paperback came out February 22nd, 2022. Amazing. And the Spanish language edition is about to come out. Did you now? You did the um, the audio for the Spanish language edition. No, I right? did not for the Spanish. I can't even like <laughs> I can't even do the title pronunciation justice. My my like high school Spanish is just not quite there. I don't I don't know, Meg. I don't believe. I'm not going to test you right now, but I don't know if I believe that. Can we talk about your dad being the 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 foundation for this beautiful masterpiece and what he taught you about actually living fully charged? Yeah, but see, then but, that makes me cry. I know, I know. But because, so the dedication was two things. It was either going to be for Pop, my Cardinal, or Pop, I'm not grumpy anymore. Oh, Meg, you were the last person to be. I know, but I, but here's what I want to know. Here's what, what hit me also, is that to think of you as grumpy is literally, is truly the opposite of, it's like, doesn't, those words don't, like Megan so Murphy weird, right? and grumpy, they don't go in the same sentence. It's the strangest concept, even though I, I know. know you write about it. Like, I know you talk, but, but I mean, also how, like, I feel like part of that grumpy was like, I'm a kid, I'm a teenage, you know, like it was like teenage you, like not like, yeah, like your I, core, you know? So weirdly, I am inherently negative. Like I, I have to work, I had to work really, really hard to retrain my brain and yeah. to live differently. Yeah. Um, and people who knew me as a, as a young child through my teen years into my 20s, like they don't understand who I, like yeah. they don't understand how I became who I am. <laughs> like I, I like joke my neighbor um, from Ascot Lane, Paula Krause would be like, you were such an angsty little kid. You would sit on the corner. I would sit on the corner and stick my tongue out at people. Like that was my pastime. Like that was a hobby. Honestly, that sounds kind of great. I, I don't know that that is that grumpy. If that's grumpy, then I don't want to be anything but. <laughs> I mean, I just was like, I, I really like. It was always gonna rain. We were always gonna lose the game. Like, yeah, it was definitely everything was gonna be canceled. Like, I just was very, very pessimistic, very, very negative, and that came very naturally and easily to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had those tumultuous teen years. I had my best friend's suicide yeah. and my eating disorder and all the things that really compounded it. Yeah. But, but I really believe, I believe in my heart of hearts that working at Cosmo and writing this story called The Seven Secrets of Happiness 
and sort of just looking at the field of positive psychology and understanding that there were different ways to behave and live and see things was transformational for me. Because I had been through lots of therapy, right? That was like treating the problem. Right. Focusing on what was wrong and how to make it right. Instead of looking at what was right with other people or people who were thriving and flourishing and trying to emulate those characteristics. Reframing that for me was like, wait a second, let's not try to fix this problem. Let's try to do, do these positive things. Like what right. are positive micro actions you can take to, to live differently, to do happy versus right. trying to fix the problem of the eating disorder, the perfectionism, the, this, the, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a game changer for me. Cause there was something to do. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I, but I, I like how you described it as you always felt like you had so much energy, but that you didn't really know where to direct it. Exactly. It was I, like, I think I describe it in the book because this is how it, I picture it. I can even picture being in a bounce house, like at a yes, the bounce house. party. Yeah. This was so, like a weirdly in, in, I can see my, I can feel that day. I was like, my friend Nicole and Jelani had like a backyard birthday party and there was like a, like a bounce house. Mm. And I just like, my life felt like that moment of like, I am hopped up on fun dip and I am just bouncing off the wall. Hopped up on fun dip is what I would, that was the line that made me laugh. Yes. And like, but that, and it was like, I had all of this yeah. energy and I didn't know what to do with it or how to channel yeah. it. And it just, it just channeled into like overwhelming negativity, overwhelming right bad shit. (laughs) Right. Well, because no one tells you, like, we're not taught positive psychology in school. You know what I mean? Like no one tells you how to actually like say, you know what it is? I mean, I'm really full circle here. It's really the no, but I mean, some people call it a yes. And, but it's also a no, but because like, it's all of those things. Like you can, you can say, no, you can feel like it is going to rain today, but I can do X, Y, Z indoors. It's just that you're not taught that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think it's like, just, these simple things of like, oh, wait a second, like gratitude is the secret sauce in life. Like my kids have this beautiful gratitude practice. They don't even know it. I mean, they just find they, what made you say yay today? And they, they practice gratitude and it's, they're different people than I was as a kid. Right. Like, because I'm raising them in a fully charged way, but like, I just didn't have those tools to understand that. Wow. Like movement is medicine. Like, you know, like, just having control over making your bed or, or clearing clutter could actually have these mind body benefits. I didn't know. I didn't have any tools. tools. Right. Well, also I just think about it like now to me, it's like, there's no more gratifying thing than a good organization project. Oh, I feel relaxed just saying those words out loud. (laughs) It's just nothing more satisfying than being like, I color coded my bookshelf or like something like, like something insane like that. But, but like when you're, well, I'm sure you had the same experience. Like when I was a kid, I was just told you got to clean your room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was exactly. no reason. There was no good reason yeah. why. Little did I know I could have been cleaning a long time ago. It's right? just very gratifying. That's, I mean, like on my worst days, if I'm struggling, yeah. I understand like that I just need to attack a junk drawer yes. or I need to like go sweep the garage and refold same. the towels. Like they're same. just those things bring me calm and it's, yes. little, it's like real like it's instant and that's the, like what I look at in the book is the science of all those things yeah. I and mean, that's sort of the beauty of being a magazine journalist for 25 years it's like I've gotten to interview every expert write, write, write every article yeah. and like use myself as a guinea pig for all these strategies like 
wow, I feel better when I make my bed. Why the hell does that happen? Or like, I have this insatiable need to have fresh flowers in the house. Like I will literally get scissors. I am eyeing. There's a house. I got that from you. I think you've actually, I think I'm going to point my finger at you and say, thank you, but no thank you. Because now I am that same way and I never was until I met you. That is very interesting. I never put that together. Hmm. Anyway, carry on. Yes. So there's there's a, a lady who lives across the street. The house is empty and she has the most beautiful hydrangeas. And I am like, I have been walking with these scissors because I not sure I can control myself to pick bouquets of blue hydrangeas for everyone on the block, including three for myself. Do do I, do you find that they last like do they not last as long as other flowers or is it that I'm not treating oh, them? So do you the just right need way? all of my hydrangea hacks? So things yes. to know about hydrangea. First of all, they drink from the flower and from the stem. So if you Ooh. if they start to wilt a little bit, you can run them under water and they drink through the flowers and they will revive. Whoa. Um you don't want any of the the flat the leaves to take up a lot of the water, so you want to get rid of as many leaves as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, always, obviously, cut the stem on the bias and then smash it. And then a little bit of sugar in the water can give them oh. some nice food. And I'll always throw in a copper penny or two because that supposedly is antibacterial. Okay, we just got the full hacks list from the magazine editor herself. <laughs> that was literally. I can see it on a page in a Megan Murphy typeface, and maybe maybe it's got. I, I can see it. It's like four hydrangea hacks for. Except it wouldn't be four because Meg also. This is a big one because I got this from you also, which is that I'm not. Sometimes I find myself doing things in a four or a two, and I don't like it. I feel uncomfortable. Meg, it's like the odd number. The <laughs> odd number is the way. It's the three ways, odd or it's the five are ways. Even better. I love that you did pick that up. Okay, because that's super. I, I think it's more memorable. Never forget Odd it. Numbers are more memorable. I totally agree. Three and ways to yes. Honestly, two ways to feels like an either or, and four ways is just shy. Then you might as well have done five. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, just right? take it home. Take yeah, it home. Exactly. Might as well have done five. Okay. Yes. Besides the Cosmo article, this is this reminds me of this question I wanted to ask you. Besides that Cosmo article, what was the name of that article? Also, it was Seven Secrets to Happiness. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I it, love it that was, that was also your intro into this whole world of positive psychology. That's so and cool. I can remember Kate White assigning, because we would basically look at cover lines that were performing well and then re- like work backwards. So like Seven Secrets of Happiness did well on a cover test. So like, okay, now Megan, come up with an article. And I was like, can I just give like, you know, blowjob tips or tell you what to do with the necktie right. in the bedroom? I'm like, I don't right. like this crap. <laughs> right. Um and so it was really, and at that time, like, right, I was in my 20s, yeah. this was 20 years ago. So it yeah. was like, I actually had to do my research. Like, it wasn't right. like I could Google right. happiness, you know? Like, I mean, I had to, like, right. do my research. And it, it really, I'm so grateful that I got that assignment because it was yeah. such a game changer for me. And it wasn't like I employed all the strategies overnight, but I right. began to. Right. And, and it really changed me over time. And it just opened a new door, you know, like it just gave you like a new kind of window into what other things. Okay. So if, so besides, besides that, maybe we'll narrow it because you really have been, um, you really have like an amazing history of different magazines and different experiences. But if you have, let's say like in the last five years, okay. is there an article, like, is there something that stands out to you that you edited that you were like, oh my God, this was 
such an epic thing. I loved it so much. Or this was um, something I learned so much from and I had no idea about this area of expertise or world of whatever. I think so with with Woman's Day, which I guess I've been the energy for like a little over two years now. My favorite section in the magazine is Finding Joy. Mm. Um, and it's we tell real people's sort of silver lining stories. My favorite thing in the world now in my career is to give people the spotlight and to give yeah. ordinary people doing extraordinary things, you know, 15 minutes of fame. Like that, yeah. like there's no greater joy in my career because fr like, frankly, I've written every article, I've edited right. every article. Like there's not a lot of necessarily Oh, like, right. Like yeah. the most game. Right. Exactly. Yeah, unless like, unless you maybe know. you interview someone maybe from NASA, that might be enough. But yeah, honestly, like you've probably done that before. But like, <laughs> so the, I, I guess maybe the most rewarding part of my job right now is spotlighting and shining a light on other people. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm going to be 47 years old. I'm an editor in chief. I wrote a book. I'm on TV. Right. Like, I have my kids. Like, I don't really have any goals right now, which is embarrassing to say. So my no, purpose is No, I feel like that is joy, such a goal. Yeah, that is a huge goal, though. I mean, that's a, that's almost harder, right? Because then it's like not just championing you. It's also championing someone else. It's like feels like almost more responsibility. It's it's It keeps me going, I would say. Like, my I do the Today Show quite a bit. And, like, my favorite segment now is I do, like, a small business segment, like a small business yeah. Saturday shopping segment. And I, I feel like Oprah with you get a car, you get a car. When I get to call these people and be like, guess what? You're oh going to be on the Today Show. Like, th like those kind of moments of like helping someone else shine are like yeah. really the joy in my, in my career right now. Um, and what I learned the most from is, is from those people and their stories. Can we also go back to your to your kids and the gratitude practice with the yay list. I feel like we didn't get to, we didn't get to delve into that enough. That's such a good one. And I, I, I feel like it's worth, it's worth going through the, the uh, yeah. subtle steps because you're not like, okay, kids, it's time to practice gratitude. Well, <laughs> you know so what I mean? Like, like, it's not. So, you know, like I'm basically a life hacker. Right. And like yeah. when I learned that gratitude was, was legitimately, I, I really do believe like grateful people are happy people. It's kind of impossible to really truly appreciate life and what totally. you have and be miserable. Right. Like totally. gratitude is medicine. It's magic. It's the secret sauce. But when I would think about gratitude, I'd be like, oh, yeah, on Thanksgiving, we go around the table and we oh share. Oh, my God, yes. it's Thanksgiving but, is like the first thing that pops into it. It would right? definitely have popped into my head. Totally. Totally. Like it's that, like the first so thing like, you think I'm about. Like, okay, well, Thanksgiving's once a year and I don't even like turkey. And then it was like I, know. I had like Same. woke friends, you know, yeah. with crystals doing journaling and like doing gratitude <laughs> diaries and that. And, and like awesome but I don't need any more homework. I got three kids. I have like, right. they have like common core math where you can't even carry a wand. Like I don't need homework. I don't need work. I don't need anything laborious. Right. So like anytime I tried to start a gratitude journal, it would be like, yeah, okay. I would do it for a hot second and then be completely like, this doesn't work for me. And totally. so what, what happened was, was when my dad was dying and sick, mm. I, I needed, I knew gratitude would, would help heal me. Yes. And so I set out this practice of every day yeah. finding something I felt grateful for. I appreciated it, but I reframed it. It was like, okay, right. what doesn't suck today? Yes. Um, and I would capture it in a picture. I would share it on Instagram with this hashtag operation, good grief. 
And I did that for two years and, and lost my dad in the process, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and as I really began to move through my grief and heal and sort of had this daily practice of appreciation, I kind of wanted to talk about it differently. And instead of like finding what didn't suck, I realized what I was really doing was finding what made me say yay that day. And yeah. I began to think of it as a yay list because the, 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 it was became easier to find the good things, right? It was right. like, oh, wow, there is more good and more joy and more yay in every day. Because you, yeah. it, gratitude is, you can train yourself to, to have a gratitude practice. So like I began to have this attitude of gratitude without trying so hard. Right. And it morphed into the yay list. And so with my kids, I'm never saying, when are you grateful for? Because if that's right. I'm homework. I, and right. <laughs> what I'd say, we were on the kitchen table at dinner time or before bed. Like, what was your yay today? What made you say yay? Um, and it's a fun filtered approach to having a gratitude practice and the kids are all on board, right? It's like, totally. if they're, if I'm away or they're with their grandma or something, they, they won't go to bed until they call me and share a yay. And, oh and that is beautiful God. to me because that means their tiny little hearts and their tiny little brains are pausing to appreciate, pausing to 100%. appreciate what's good in the world. And that is magic. Oh, and now I feel like I really, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've already felt a little, I've, that already gave me a little bit of teariness, but that's so good. I love that so much. What's like the silliest recent one that you were like, was there like, actually like, do, like, do, in other words, have, have any one or maybe all of your three kids ever said something to you? Like, mom, I, I buried a worm inside of your it's pillow always- or I left a turd on your pillow. Like, like Xerox <laughs> the cat. I mean, like, what if it was that? And then you were like, oh no. <laughs> Well, like, so that's like, I think that's the beauty of it. It's always small and seemingly right. silly. Right. And that's what right. makes it so beautiful. Like, yeah. like Brooks was like, I got, so they're obsessed with goat, which is like this lacrosse brand that has like stickers that you trade. Oh my God. I mean, his big so yay cool. was he got a Vincent van Gogh sticker and he traded <laughs> two of his dupes for a Vincent van Gogh. I was about to take a sip of water and I couldn't because, because I heard Vincent van Gogh, which is honestly yes. brilliant. I mean, like, good on this like, company so for the, naming The truth it. of the matter is, is like, he, not only is like, he is stopping and saying, wow, this sticker is like, I got the Vincent van Gogh sticker and that is my yay for the day. Like he's, he, it's not just a sticker. It's a, it's a moment of appreciation. It's a moment of gratitude. Like totally. It, I feel really proud that my kids may suck at math and they may never go to college, but they have grateful hearts and they're kind yeah. human beings who like themselves. That's really all that matters. Honestly, it really is the only thing that matters. Truly. I also, also things I wish I had learned earlier, <laughs> but I, but I, but okay, wait, wait, but this was the other thing that you got me thinking about is with the, on the topic of gratitude, because it is so lame. And I do want to punch people, not with present company excluded, obviously, because you're not saying it like this, which is what's your gratitude practice? Like, I just feel like that yeah. is so misunderstood. It makes people feel not only like they have homework to do, but like, they're not enough. Like they're already not doing enough. Right. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the instant thought I have. And that's why I also laughed out loud when I read your, um, you have a, a section in the book on meditation and it really made me just giggle a, a, mildly hysterically. Cause you were like, it, the first line of this page is like, I don't meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nope. no, it was like, I can't meditate. Actually I could meditate. I choose not to. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> can you tell us, can you tell us more about this? So like, the, so the thing about your fully charged life is it really is a happiness toolkit and people are going to need different tools at different times. I want to give you the science. Right. I want to give you what works. Meditation right. absolutely works. Having a meditation practice absolutely works. It doesn't work for me right now. That's not to say it won't work someday. There may be a time where like I work in a five minute meditation and that is my healing magic. It does not work for me, but I want people to know that it works. Right. And if you can find a way to make it work for you, yay. It just doesn't work for me. It it doesn't it doesn't work for me either. I know this is not what you're supposed to, quote unquote, that you're supposed to do. Like the but I would say organizing the junk drawer is my version of a meditation. Yeah. And here's the thing, like there's and and that like there's so much science behind, you know, like mess equals stress. Right. So if you're able to clear the clutter and control the clutter, and you are absolutely having scientifically proven mood boosting benefits, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, when I think about meditation and mindfulness, it's really about grounding yourself in the present moment. And sometimes yeah. the way I do that is not laying still with my eyes closed and focusing on my breathing. Sometimes for me, it means changing the way I do things to change the way I see things. And it could yeah. simply be, I'm parking in a different spot at the gym. I'm walking on the opposite side of the street. I'm taking myself off autopilot yeah. to make sure I'm awake and to make I sure like that, that I'm present. I like that so much. For, right? right. I mean, you said, you said this thing in the book also about that, you love routine, like how you love routine, but that it's easy to, to, that that can also be a trap sometimes. Like you can over love it kind of like that. It can yeah. be that kind of thing. And that's what it reminds me of is that just doing the tiniest little thing can, can just give you a different perspective. And that maybe is all you need to, exactly. to have a I mean, different I, visual. But, and the, the key is, is like we, everybody needs some type of structure and some type of routine. I mean, I see it yeah. with my kids, like right. even for the summer. Okay. They don't have school. They don't, we had to create, okay, you need to make your bed. You need to do 20 minutes yeah. of reading. Otherwise they, 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 they feel lost. Totally. We feel lost without some type of order and structure. So right. like, what is that order? How do you create that order and structure in your life? I mean, you, right. you have to, in some capacity, but then you don't want to become such a slave to that order or routine that you can't, that you can't stay present. Right. Right. Oh, such a good point. Pilot. Yeah. Such Problem. a good point. What was the general vibe <laughs> at home in the home of Team Murphy going into lockdown? I think the scariest. So I think it was sort of a free for all in those early days, and it wasn't right. when we when we moved. We had to bring back routine, yeah. right? We had to start taking showers. We had to start getting dressed. Right. We had to start having scheduled meals because it right. felt a little. It little felt a little haphazard and a little out of control. And it was like, I was like just in my pajamas all day. Maybe like we needed to put the routine back. And once we did, I think everybody began to sort of find a rhythm and thrive a little bit. But yeah. we knew we needed all those fully charged tools. We needed to get fresh air. We needed to get outside. You know, we would go on hikes or we would go on bike rides. We started celebrating really hard. I mean, Holiday yeah. hard is like a big thing for me. We needed to Dang. find reasons to celebrate. And Dang. it would be like, okay, it's National S'mores Day. You know, <laughs> like we put we put a tent, we pitched an actual tent in the living room 
like and had campfire s'mores. I love that. We I love just that needed so those much. moments of joy. We really had to find the yay. I feel like I need to share with our listeners that it, it's not like we're talking about someone that did not already love and cherish celebrating a holiday. Like we're not talking about, you know, someone who just glossed over Easter, no. Halloween, <laughs> honestly, National Ice Cream Day, right? I mean, even those, like you were already, you had a, you had more holidays than most, I would say. And still, and still you found more. You found more. You were well, ready. The thing is, I think, and I found this a lot during the pandemic, it was that like people needed permission to be yes, happy. Right. Like, we felt guilty. Like, oh my gosh, people are dying. People are sick. How can I possibly right. celebrate National Lipstick Day? No, and totally. And like, whoa, 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 that's not frivolous. That's necessary. Because yes. that's going to break up the monotony of this horrible news cycle, the chaos and crap around us, and punctuate it with just a moment of levity and light. It's yes. an excuse to put on some lipstick and, you know, have yes. like just a little break from the bad. Well, I feel like the yay list really lends itself total I mean, absolutely perfectly to exactly that because it's not, it's not frivolous. It is a necessity to actually be able to appreciate. Because first of all, what are you doing really? Is that you're appreciating the, the very tiny minutia, like, like the littlest things about what's happening around you, but it also makes it so human. It's like, that's what really living is, is like appreciating those things. It's not like the big, the big bad trip to wherever. Um, Okay. I want to switch gears for a sec because I want to ask you about something that caught my attention and that I, it's always going to catch my attention because I'm obsessed with this topic, which is you wrote about, you have a whole section in the book about toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Can you share your experience with that and more about it. And I love, I love this line that I cannot believe came from, um, from of all people, Joanna Coles, who, who used the phrase onward instead of being dismissive and saying forward or, oh, get over it. Or like the other ways that, uh, that a toxic positivity person might phrase something like that. (laughs) I think it's, so I think it's, so people who misunderstand me, um, characterize me as a toxic positivity Pollyanna. Um, and I think like on the surface, if you don't know me or don't know the nuances of what I stand for, like, yes, like I am bubbly and I am bright and light. Um, and I do find the good in the world and celebrate it. Um, but I think what toxic positivity does is it, it ignores the bad. Right. And I absolutely acknowledge what sucks. I choose to live on the bright side, but I absolutely see process and handle the dark side. I just have a fully charged toolkit to deal with the bad with grit and grace. Like I I have given myself the resources and the bandwidth to handle that so that I can spend more time on the bright side, but I'm not denying any of that. So it's like those phrases like good vibes only. Well, good vibes mostly, but not only, (laughs) What about about good vibes more often? Yes. (laughs) It would be a nice little adjustment. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it, there's not this, it's not like, there's not this all or nothing thinking, right? right? Like stuff sucks and you can't deny it. You have to acknowledge it and, and, but give yourself the resources to move through it with grit yes. and grace. That's the goal so that you can spend more time in the sun. Oh yeah. Spend more time in the sun. I love that. 
I love that. And I love, and tell us about the, tell us about the onward phrasing versus the get over it phrasing. I feel like that's such a perfect example. And it really, like, I just was like a gut punch in the best way because it's the perfect example. And you called it out exactly that way. And I love that. Tell us. So, you know, and I, I always like to acknowledge my failures or the things that didn't work out the way I hoped. I was up for a really big job. Um, and I didn't get it. And, and I had worked really hard to try and get the job. Like I, you know, spent my Christmas holiday working on a big presentation in the whole nine. And I was sitting in Joanna Cole's office and she gracefully let me know I didn't get the job that I had worked Mm. so hard to try to get after interview, after interview, after lunch, after that, like I worked hard. I really had my heart set on this gig. Um, and she was like, onward and it wasn't there wasn't this moment of of anything but the future is yours this didn't work out pause appreciate the suckiness but like future forward and it was like very very um empowering and action oriented you know like the path through was onward and, yes. and I really left her office instead of feeling deflated, feeling empowered and energized and yeah. ready for the what's next. But I it's, like it's that so much. That moment yeah. of like, that she didn't, she didn't bullshit me with like, and you're gonna be of, good yeah. yeah or like any kind of like everything um, happens for yes me. oh my god my least favorite thing my oh least favorite my thing i just got the bad kind of chills just hearing everything happens for a reason yeah no never say that folks never say that yeah, i'm just the reason was you hired somebody else that was the reason right so okay <laughs> So thank you for not saying that and therefore yeah. denying so, reality. Okay. Yeah. So how about onward? Onward. Onward. <laughs> Get so much more. And it's become a bit of a mantra for me anytime yeah. things suck where I'm like, yeah. okay, onward. That's it. No, because it's true. It's not telling you to forget it. And it's not telling you to dismiss the fact that it sucks. It's just saying what's next. It's like, okay, yeah. here we are. Yeah, like, it's We can not only me, go in one direction. You know? Right. right. It's not me. It's you. No, no, no. It's, it's me. It's, it's me. me. You didn't give the job to. It's okay. still me. Still me. Onward. Right. Right. <laughs> you really, let me tell you, there is nothing. And I, not that I want to stay too far in the topic of grief because we have, we have talked about it and we have both lived it, but like, there are so many little things like that, that people want to oh say. Oh my God. <laughs> I, and so, you know, one of my favorite people in terms of, of talking about grief is a rabbi Steve Leader. Oh my God, epic. Yeah. So good. So good. I made so him the soothing. rabbi in residence at Woman's Day. So he has a column in Woman's Day now. I, I just find his words and his life lessons so healing and so real. And I mean, I think the bottom line with grief is just mm. show up for someone as you are, um, not as you should be, you know? And I think like, like that's, that that's just showing up for people and hearing them and not giving them that baloney toxic positivity lines of like everything, everything happens, happens for, for a reason. reason. <laughs> yeah, the cancer is the reason. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how that happens for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. No. I know. I wait, first of all, this makes me so happy that he has a column in Women's Day. And this makes me feel like, first of all, every listener needs to be 
a subscriber, I would say, and yes. also needs to needs to read your fully charged life because it's so epic. But also, I love that he, I love that perspective, which is just the the understanding that actually things really do things really do suck, and it's okay to be like that. But I also like the come as you are because I feel like the 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 more subtle version of this is when people might say to you, "What do you need?" Well, oh, I need God. to not yeah. fucking think yeah. about what I need, honestly. Yeah. Well, and it was sort of like, it was like, you like show up as you are means like if you're Megan Murphy, right. how I show up for you is like, I bring a craft for your kids and right. like snacks. That's how I know how to show up. Maybe a six pack of Fresca. 100%. Tacky. Um, Thank you. But like, there's no right thing to say except what you would always, what you would normally say, right? Right. Like you, like you gotta, sh- you just show up as you. If you're goofy, you show up as goofy. If you're a cryy, then you show up and you cry. And like if you're like if your love language is food and crafts, you bring the food and crafts or decoration. Right. Like you just show up the way you always show up, but you show yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So well said. Okay. I have two more questions for you and then I have to let you go because I oh. know we're on a tight, we're on a tight timeline here, Meg. But number one. I just love you though. I just, I just this love you so much. This is so, <laughs> this really is such a treat. I just wish we could do this every single day, honestly. Oh, also I brought something to show you. This is not what I wanted to tell you, but this is my new fave. No, they are not sponsoring this podcast, but I wish you would, Sanzo. I think that's how Sanzo, you say it. And it? it's an apple. It's sparkling water. They have three different types. They have lychee. They have this one. It's the calamansi. I hope I'm saying that right too, Ooh. but I don't know. Calamansi, this is the apple flavor. They have a lychee and they have a yuzu and they have a mango. It's crazy. Yeah. They're so yummy. I like to ask everyone on this podcast who has come, who is an author, to share something with me that is a little bit of a tricky one. And I didn't give you a heads up on this, but okay, it's a tricky no one. Is there something that was in, let's say, your first draft or your maybe it was almost at the end and then somebody said to you, you got to cut five pages down out of this or like something like that. And you were like, Ugh okay, it's going to be this because I don't need it, but I liked it a lot. What's not in the book that you can share with us? Oh, there was like a story about me being at the gym with Hoda Kotb and like mm. she was on the step mill and her energy on the step mill was just contagious. She was rocking out and like oh. just like crushing the step mill. And I was like, during that. the first segment, I was like running on a treadmill behind her and like watching her in action lit a fire and it was just this contagious energy and I, I weirdly that I had like told that story in somewhere in the book and it's no longer there <laughs> I thought it was still there <laughs> and somebody who like read the book like seven times did the audible like she's like they're like that's not there anymore and I'm like it's huh. not oh <laughs> so I had to so I was finishing the book in April 2020 during the pandemic and so right. like I had to go back and sort of add COVID stuff. Yes. And like, Cause like the world changed so dramatically in the, like the last four weeks where I was finishing the book. And I'm like, right. It was a very tricky thing. Cause you're like, do I address what's happening? Will this be over? I don't know. Right. And so like, I, like my, the recharge chapter with resilience and stuff, like I rewrote that a bit. And I, the opening to that was different because the world was so the world was so different, and I didn't right. know where we were going to net out. Right. And so I, I was oh my like, God, April is so hard. April so of twenty twenty is so hard. It was really, really tricky to understand how the world was going to 
what was going yeah. to happen and how right. I needed to address it. Right. This was the other thing I wanted to ask you about because it actually brings us to our last question. But the the other thing I I, I want to say that it's a headline. I don't. You'll correct me, but it's it, you have something that is. I think it's be awful or get awful or something like that. And I love this so much because your example was about cooking. And so, so on this, so in between you editing an entire magazine, writing the, writing your book to include information about COVID and not knowing where we're netting out, you also are home in lockdown with your husband and three kids. I mean, were, was your brain exploding? Number one. And number two, were you baking banana bread? Did you have a turn? Were you like, you know, we've taken a turn. I was awful at this, but now I, so, <laughs> I bake banana okay. bread. <laughs> so luckily, my husband is absolutely the person who's like the cook in the family. I I made some banana bread, but Charlie's like a little bit of a baker. And we were like mm. frying Oreos. I'm good at playing with food. Yeah. And when I talk about being awful too, what I really mean is like, right. yes, be awesome and be awful. Meaning right. like it's okay to own what you suck at, own your failures, right. own your mistakes. You can't possibly be good at everything. How could you possibly totally. be good at everything? I, I suck at cooking and I don't enjoy it. Right. So it's not like I got good during the pandemic. I mean, I can feed my kids, thank God for air fryers, because now I can air <laughs> fry Yoki and it kind of saves the day. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, really an air fryer. It feels like you could put honestly a cell phone in there and it comes out oh a different thing. Like you don't know, it could be anything. You could put a keyboard in there. I'm like looking at the objects in this room. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could put in your fully charged life. It would come out even more fully charged. It would come out it as, it would come out as three books. It would be crispy. It would be crispy and, and somehow gooey on the inside. Yeah, it would be that. Okay, we got to get to, we got to get to our last one. You, you Elon Musk has called you, Megan, and he's like, Meg, I'm fully, I'm trying to get fully charged to go uh-huh. to space and I'd like you to come with me. So you're leaving planet Earth for a little while. You're going to come back, but like you're leaving for a little bit. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who else. I don't know how many kids are going with him, but it's beside the point. The point is what, what is on the menu for your sort of last day for a little while on the planet Earth? So like, well, I still have celiac disease. No, you don't have to. I mean, you could, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Like, because I always think like if I could eat whatever I wanted, it would yeah. just involve like hot pretzels and mustard. Oh, this is I a first. Love hot listeners, pretzels. listeners, this is a first. We never had a hot pretzel. Interesting. That's a great answer. Like really big hot pretzels. Yes. Like stadium hot pretzels. I'm drooling. Mustard. Now, are we going honey? Spicy brown, yellow mustard. Yellow, just classic, like straight up classic mustard. Now, would this come from an AMC or is this like a, like where would we get this pretzel? I mean, so like we're pretending I'm not allergic to gluten as well, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I dream about pretzels. I really dream about pretzels. Like pretzel bread. Yes. like a pretzel bread sandwich, like a pretzel panini, yes. a hot dog on a pretzel <laughs> oh, <yeah>. bread. <laughs> I because I like things that are a vehicle for mustard. I really like mustard. Um, yes. Wait. Now. Wait. Okay. So yellow mustard in particular, or are there others in the rotation, or are we you know, we're straight I, up? I like classic yellow mustard. I'm not afraid of spicy brown, mm. but it doesn't give me the same like. I really mm. just like yellow mustard. 
I'm just gonna, like it. I'm gonna go buy some yellow mustard, right? I honestly, because really, I have about four different types of mustard because I do also feel similarly. But I would, if you asked me, I think my answer might be a spicy brown or a honey. I mean, I, I hate. See, it. I don't like. I feel like that's I'm almost really like sacrosanct. Right. I don't yeah. like sweet. I don't like honey. I don't know. I'm afraid of honey. I don't understand it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Can't I like feel like it's not how I want to eat sugar. Right. I totally get that. I totally, I totally get that. But it is, per- but for me, it is personally how I want to eat mustard. <laughs> okay. I, maybe I haven't had enough honey mustard in my life. It's possible because you just loved that yellow. This is, I've got to call out the fact that because of our mutual celiac states, we, but also finding out later in life, which is not really that, it's it's like really extremely rare, but we know what a real pretzel tastes like. And so it feels kind of gut-wrenching, quite literally, literally gut-wrenching. When people get like the pretzel appetizer for the table and I'm like, fuck you, honestly, just there's sometimes you just gotta say. Or people bring like the Philly pretzel bites to a party and everyone's dipping and you're like, Stop showing off your dick. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Okay. Thanks, but no thanks. And then like that cinnamon sugar dip that goes with the Philly pretzel bites looks good. That looks good. What about an Auntie Anne's? Ever? Andy I mean, is. they look really buttery and delightful, I but I feel like if I could, I wouldn't go buttery pretzel. Like I want right. like a It's the classic. Pretzel. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful Like answer. really big and really warm and really salty. And in one of those little papery yes! thingies. Yes. Oh. It's so good. Meg, I got to You got to go. You got to go. Tell us where we can find you. I can't tell you how much this, how much joy this has given me. I really feel like this is the best hour of my day easily. Where can we find you? Oh, so I'm, I'm busy on Instagram at Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N B Murphy. Um, I, my book is wherever books are sold. You're fully charged life. The Amazon and, you know, and the bookstores. Um, Magazine is available on newsstands, but honestly, it's like easier and cheaper to subscribe definitely do it um, oh, do I it. have a podcast too called off the gram she's everywhere folks I, on it can you believe I almost forgot about your other medium this was another <laughs> medium she was okay so let me rephrase pre-pandemic there was Megan editing her book to include COVID stuff on lockdown with her entire family overseeing everything that goes into an entire magazine and then and then also editing this book at the same time and podcasting too yeah that, that's what that's now we found a way channeling that energy. That's where it is. Channeling the fun dip energy. i like, I look back on that though. And I'm like, holy crap. How did I do that? I don't know how I, I did it. Like that a lot. <laughs> right. It does. It's like when you're in it, you're like, wait, how did that happen? I definitely oh. cried in the shower some morning. So I just want to be clear about that. Like there oh, was yeah. definitely some crying in the shower. There's no, there honestly crying in the shower is the definition of onward. Right. <laughs> True story. Onward, into the True. shower. Story. You were moving on. You got to wash the hair, doing maybe a deep conditioner, and yep. also cry it out. Cry it out. Cry Love it. it out. You're the best. Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better, one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian. And it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.